Okay, we have a, our scripture this morning. Uh, Penny Anderson will present that scripture reading to us. It's Romans 8, 37 through 39. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Penny. Get ready for our message today. I am so appreciative that Pastor Leslie asked me to preach in his absence, and what an honor that is. So um, I just am praying that God's Spirit moves here in this congregation, that the Holy Spirit just runs wild today, and that this, this scripture, this message that I'm bringing, that it is brought with power this morning. Okay. All right. God loves you. God loves you, and God loves you. He does. And God wants us to be blessed in life. He knows, and he tells us that in Philippians 4.19, that he will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we can have anything that God says is ours. You can have anything God says that belongs to you. The problem with a lot of us is that we don't, we get caught up in the world we get caught up in the things of life in families and things like that, and we don't remember it all the time. We want to take it over. But John 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You must abide. What does abide mean? Live. You must live in the Lord and his words, and abide, in other words, let them live in you. So you have to actually not say the words. You've got to take them in and live those words. You've got to take God's word and make it part of you. Bring yourself in line with God's purpose and word. Then God is in position to give you what you ask. Make sure you're in a righteous state with the Lord. And it's when you pray, be in that righteous state. Let your sins be forgiven. Confess your sins. Repent of your sins. Ask God to forgive you. Don't be living or acting in an open condition or a condition that is not in God's word. Repenting of your sins means that you are intentionally turning away from your sin, not just confessing the sin, and then with no intention of doing anything different. 
just confessing it over and over and over without any intent of changing. We all have divine provision for our needs, not in our greed. Money is a great example. There's nothing wrong with needing money to live by and taking care of your family or putting money in savings or emergencies. But it becomes greed when you love money or anything else, and it consumes your thoughts. Where are your thoughts? When you get some money, it makes you want more of it. That's a sign of greed. Then there's, becomes, there's never enough of it. You keep wanting more and more. That is greed. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 11 says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always having all sufficiency in everything, that you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, and this is quoting in that scripture, Psalms 112.9, He scattered abroad, he gave to the poor. His righteousness abides forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for liberality, for which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. God wants to provide sufficiency to us. One of the seven names of God that the Hebrews used to try to describe the Lord is, was Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord provides. In Romans 8, 37 through 39, that Penny read to us, where he tells us that nothing whatsoever is able to separate us from the love of God. When you were growing up, you had parents. They loved you. They they saw that you had food on the table. They took care of you. How much more would the Father in heaven love you if your parents love you in that way? They, he wants you to have the best. We know from the scriptures, we'll go through trials. In John 16, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has conquered. He has overcome. He has made you victorious. There is healing. There is healing of relationships. There is healing of dysfunctionality. There is the breaking of chains of addiction. And there is the unlocking the, shadows, the shackles of low self-esteem. What causes low self-esteem? Maybe an event in your life. Uh, makes you think that you're something less than God created you to be. When you have low self-esteem, then you're actually saying, God, I'm not exactly the victorious person that you created me to be because there's something wrong here. That is not true. That is a lie from Satan himself. You were created for victory. You were created to be blessed by God. You were created to tap into God's power. So, break those shackles of low self-esteem. You are free from prison. Walk out of that prison. Don't stay in it. And don't look back. 
Don't listen to hearsay. Practice these principles of living abundantly that you're hearing today. Appropriate what is made available to you that is already yours. Just go out there and claim what is already yours. Faith has made you, faith has made, is, has made it available to you to seek God's power and God's blessing. What is faith? Faith is believing that things are so when things are not so because God says so. Speak to that mountain that blocks your way and cast it into the sea. Speak to that fig tree in your life that doesn't produce fruit and command it to wither and die. Faith makes things possible when they seem impossible. Don't read God's word because you feel condemned or sorry for yourself. Or don't read it because you want to be a better person. Read it believing you are filled with the Holy Spirit and that you have power and that you know that you are spirit-filled and that you line up with God's word and then you will be able to receive the things that you ask. John 14, 13 says, Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God honors us because we honor him and prove it by exercising faith. You have faith in a chair. When you sit in it, you think that you don't even think twice. You just sit right down, plunk, and it does its job. You have faith in airplanes. Let me get a little sip of water. You go on vacation. You ride in this big, giant thing that Boeing created that's with engines on it. And you go down this giant concrete runway, and it flies up in the air and goes about 40,000 feet high at 580 miles an hour, you don't think that much of it. That's pretty incredible. The people in the, the people, the, our congregation in 1904 that built our first sanctuary, we call it Harris Hall, they would have said, I'm not getting in that thing. But you have faith that it works. Well, why don't we have faith that God works the same way? We let the problems of life beat us up. We must use what we receive from God for the purposes for which it was we receive it. Use what you receive from God and be blessed by it. If God blesses you with money that you need, don't waste it. Don't put your life together like a project you know how to do. Take time to read the instruction manual on how to put your life together and how to use it. Then you will put your life together and it will work properly. And you will receive God's blessing. Get your needs and wants in line with each other. If your needs are light and your wants are heavy, your needs and wants are out of balance. God will not give you an answer. In, those, in that situation, make your needs be much the same as your wants. Have bold needs. Have bold prayers. 
and make sure that what you want is in line with God's Word. And make sure that your needs are in line with God's Word. But make sure what, God, what you want conforms to God's Word. Make them come together in harmony and not some hodgepodge collection of fleshly wants and needs and self-glorifying plans. God's ability to provide and bless, bless us always equates with his willingness to do so. In Romans 12, 29, it says, For the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Your needs are the gifts and your wants are your calling. Hebrew 11:11 11, says, By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who promised. But what happened when she tried to have a child by her own scheme and device through her handmaid? Now here it is 4,000 years later, Abraham's seed from Sarah, Isaac, and his descendants, the Hebrew people, are constantly are at war with Abraham's seed from Hagar, Ishmael, and his descendants, the Arabic people. If she had just been patient and waited on God and not try to take things into her own, own hands according to her way of thinking, Israel today would not be in this situation they're in. All right. Impatience and worry are both signs of us letting circumstances we are in be bigger and greater than our faith. When I worry or when I'm impatient, you might as well just be saying, Marty, what happened to your faith? You're taking it upon you. God didn't create it uh, me for, for me to take it upon me. I need to read the instruction book again because I'm not capable of solving these problems by myself. So, don't be impatient. Wait on God. Do not worry. Exercise your faith. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything make your requests known to God. Finally, know God's word and God's promises. Line your thinking up with God's thinking and receive all the blessings that belong to you. Line it up. Okay, so this afternoon, maybe somebody will get a phone call. There's a problem in the family. Well, I got to fix this. What am I going to do? Well, why are, you, why are you going that route? Why are, why are we trying to fix it ourselves? Immediately pray and ask God to help in this situation. That's just a minor example. There's, there's many others. All of a sudden you're rocking along, everything's great. Then you get a phone call at about 2.30 in the morning. Uh-oh, something's happened. And you learn of it. What do you do? You get on your knees and you ask for God's power and God's blessings. Don't try to sit there in the first reaction, fix it yourself. 
To tap into God's power, you must be in relationship with Him by knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you do, you'll receive the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit that puts you in line to have the powerful faith you need. It's the Holy Spirit in you that takes over your mind and takes over your flesh and lets you tap into God's power. then that puts you in line to receive the spiritual gifts God has for you and use them in ministry as well. Here's another thing. Ask Him to give you the spiritual gifts to use whenever you need them. I believe that God gives them to you. I believe that He gives it to you when you need them. I believe that we're capable of having all the spiritual gifts. Just use them when God anoints you to do it. And use them when you need them. The gift of knowledge. These are all found in Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. The, let's start with the gift of wisdom. To speak, it's to speak a word from God to bring about a specific result. God gives people godly wisdom in certain instances to speak God's word. Maybe you don't have that gift because you've never asked. I believe all these gifts can be ours. All God's blessings can be ours. We just have to ask and apply the principles. Have, we, have you ever been asked to have God's spiritual gifts given to you? He's a gentleman. He's not just going to sit there and just all of a sudden slay you in the spirit and you'll do all these wild things. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about using God's spiritual gifts for ministry when he calls it to use them. All right, let me get another little sip of water. All right, then there's the gift of faith to give you the power for effective prayers. That's a gift, faith. The gift of healing, it's to bless the sick and the afflicted. It brings healing to people when doctors cannot. Doctors are God's blessing upon us. God has advanced technology in the medical field to help with us being healed. But also God is a God capable of miracle healing. He may give you that gift, but you know what? You'll know it when you have it because you'll feel anointed that what you're about to speak and what you're about to pray for is going to be done in God's kingdom. You'll know. Miracles is a gift. If God needs a miracle, he'll anoint you to do it. If he calls upon you to do it, you'll have this anointing that you won't, you'll be so compelled to do it, you'll just part the Red Sea if that's what's needed. The gift of prophecy to speak God's word 
in a, per, in a certain situation, God's word needs to be spoken, and he may call upon you to speak it. You'll know it when you're anointed to do this. You'll be compelled, and that word's going to come to you, and you're going to speak it out. Don't be timid, but feel that anointing. Make yourself available to be used in God's kingdom. The gift of distinguishing spirits, it's used to recognize false prophets and false teachers in the church. If, you have, if you're anointed with the gift of distinguishing spirits, you'll know it. When somebody walks into church, into our church, and their spirit is not of God's spirit, that gift of distinguishing spirits will be all over you. You'll know it. It's another compelled feeling that you have that's anointing from God. The gift of speaking in tongues to pray when you don't know how to pray for yourself or for someone else. And also to glorify God in words that human words can't capture. Those are the tongues of angels. That's a gift from God. You can have that. Have you ever asked him for it? Do you think he'll just give it to you without asking him for it? The gift of interpreting tongues. Sometimes God will speak a word to a congregation through someone with the tongues, with tongues of angels. It's being directly given to that person. And also, if it is given to that person, it will be given to another person to interpret the tongue. So, make yourself available for that interpretation. God's anointing will be on you You'll be compelled to interpret it. That's how these gifts work, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those, the reason why I included them in here, those are all part of the things God wants you to have. He wants you to have victory in life. He wants you to follow his word and teachings in the Bible, not just read them. Make, make faith part of you. Make faith part of what your makeup is. Just like you eat. That's part of your makeup. Some things we like, different things. You know, I, last night I went to a really great restaurant that makes fish and chips. I ordered it because I like those fish and chips. You know? Well, different people are different. But you, we all have faith. And if we live that faith, not just say it, but if we actually take it inside of us and live it, and if we are forgiven from our sins, and if we repent from our sins, then nothing's hindering our prayers. And you can have everything that God has for you. Just let it line up with God's Word. If you need transportation, don't pray for a Lamborghini. It's likely not going to happen. Or a Alfa Romeo spider. 
It won't happen. But you might get a nice, decent car that'll get you to work. That will happen because it's something you need, and God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. If you want to have heaven in your future and God's gifts and blessings in life, it starts with turning your life over to Jesus and accepting him as your Lord and Savior. So at this time, what I want to do is I want us to all be blessed. And I want us to have, I want us at this time to pray a little small prayer of salvation that I'm going to pray. And I want everyone to repeat after me, if you will. Because what that does, it makes it easy. We may have guests. It makes it easy. Or you know what? Another little secret of Satan's is to tell you, oh, hey, God loves you and you go to church, you know you're going to go to heaven because you go to church. That's not true. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So at this time, I want to pray a little prayer of salvation, and if you'll repeat after me, then you will be saved. And then I'm going to ask something. I'm going to ask that if that's the first time you've ever accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, I'm going to actually ask you to slip your hand up. And if you do, then you will have received Christ because what you do in public, if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior in public, he will honor you before the Father in heaven and your name will be written in that great Lamb's book of life, the one that contains all of those who are saved. Then after that, I'm going to call you up for a time at the altar. And you can pray in your, in your pew Sure, of course, but you can come to the altar if you have needs. I'll ha I, have, I have oil for anointing. God, the Holy Spirit, is here. He's here at this altar, and God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. If you need healing, there is that healing. But we'll talk about that in just a moment. Right now, I want to make sure everybody who has an opportunity to accept Christ as Lord and Savior has done that. So let's, let's bow our heads and let's repeat this prayer to God together. Confessing to God that I am a sinner and believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross and was raised for my justification I do now receive and confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior in Jesus name I pray Amen